guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. And before we get into today's episode, I want to point out something you might have noticed, which is the artwork of the podcast has changed. If you guys are listening to this in real time uh, when I'm posting it or relatively real time, you guys would notice that there has been a change. If you're listening to this way after I'm posting this episode, uh, like months down the line, you guys are probably not noticing anything different and that's fine. But I just wanted to say that the podcast artwork has changed. It's a really, oh, I'm just obsessed with how it is now. It wasn't bad before, don't get me wrong. I did design that one as well, so I did like it, of course. I wouldn't have been using it for almost two years now. Guys, the podcast is coming up on two years old this summer. It'll be two years. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, so yeah, I redid the artwork. I liked the old one. I just felt like it wasn't really the vibe of the podcast anymore. I feel like as I've grown with this and gotten the hang of things and just figured out what I want to portray on here on Thick and Thin, I my style has changed. And so that being said, I decided my podcast artwork needed to change a little bit. And I love how it is now. I think it looks very personal. It's very, I don't know. I love how the the lettering looks like lipstick on a mirror or something. Like, why did I say mirror like that? Mirror, mirror. Anyway, so it's new. It's fresh. I love it. Um, I even updated the little bio about the podcast because like I said, it has evolved so much. I feel like we're still talking about life, love, New York City when I'm there, of course. Um, but I think it's it's a little bit more than that now. Of course, we've thrown in the history element. I've been doing that every, one, every once in a while. It hasn't been really consistent, but honestly, nothing about me as a person is consistent. And I feel like this podcast is very much a reflection of me and just how I am as a person. And yeah, so I've decided to call the podcast A Spoken Diary. Um, which is, I think, different than a lot of other podcasts. There's probably some like this out there that I just haven't stumbled across. Most of the podcasts that I see, or I guess listen to, rather, are interview style or are, you know, bringing on guests or using other people's voices and all that. Um, and I feel like mine's one of the only ones that is just me speaking, just one person, and it's like a spoken diary, like I said. So I thought it should be called that. And yeah, so that's kind of moving forward my vibe. I think it's been my vibe for a, a while, but I'm actually putting it into words. Um, and the artwork changed. Everything is beautiful now. I'm obsessed. Hope you guys like it as well. And that's really, that's that. Um, Yeah, I hope you guys like it. I mean, you don't really have a say in the matter, but I hope you do. It sounds like many of you guys do. I did ask for your opinions as I was designing it, and many of you guys said that I should keep the pink, and I did in some, some way, shape, or form. It's a little bit lighter now and more mature of a pink, I'd say, but it's still pink. You know, we still have that. I think that's very thick and thin. It's very just the essence of the podcast. And then we threw in the red, so I think it looks really nice together. I love pink and red as a combo. Uh, Pro tip, if you guys are designing anything, pink and red go amazingly together. I just love it. It's more than just a Valentine's look. It's like an all, you know, it's an evergreen look. So anyway, that is the news. Uh, New podcast artwork as of May 2020. So if you guys are listening to this, I don't know, 20 years from now, it's probably been like (laughs) changed another 10 times. So I'm not sure, but uh, you know, For the people that are listening in real time, it is updated and cool now. So anyway, moving on, we are talking about some cool things today in the podcast. We're talking about failure. I've talked a little bit about it in the past, but I want to put a different spin on it, talk a bit about just our obsession with perfection, you know, perfectionism and the tendency that we sometimes have to 
over plan our lives and get extremely upset when things do not go according to plan. And I have spoken about this before, um, but I just, I have some new stuff I want to share. I have some stories, I have some little things and I just, this has been something that's really been bugging me lately, has really been eating away at me. And it's because, I mean, of course, given what we're going through right now with quarantine and everything, there's a, a really, there's a power struggle. There's an issue with wanting to have have you know control over your life and plan your life and a lot of options being taken away from us you know we're not able to do a lot of the things that we used to be able to do not to mention people's livelihood is quite literally being ripped from them you know people are losing their jobs people are graduating with nowhere to go and I just want to talk about that today at length and talk about rejection and talk about uh just our flaws, just really, really raw and real stuff. And yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Before I do, I do want to talk a bit about my recent trip to the city. I actually went back to New York City on Monday, super briefly. I didn't post a ton about it on Instagram or anywhere because I knew I'd get a lot of just people concerned about me going back to quite literally the epicenter of coronavirus. Um, I had to go. It was one, it was essential, I guess. It was essential, so to speak, is the way people describe, you know, things these days. I had to go back because I have this important business document that I've been actually putting off for weeks going back to get. It's really important. My accountant has been on me about it. And it's one of those things where I just couldn't get it digitally. It was like a privacy thing. I have no freaking idea why it was such an issue. Um, but yeah, so I had to go back and get that document. And I also figured I would just, you know, check on my apartment while I was there. I mean, the, the document was in my apartment. So it's kind of like a, you know, two birds, one stone thing. But uh, yeah, so my lease actually expires at my apartment on May 31st. So that is in two weeks from today. Um, and I had heard nothing from my landlord about it. Like usually a landlord will check in like a month before your your end of lease date and say, hey, like, do you want to continue living here or should we start looking for someone to fill your apartment? That sort of thing. Uh, radio silence got nothing from my landlord not to mention my landlord is so old school that he doesn't even have an email address or like anything of that nature you can call his like accounting service like it's so confusing but I was just not getting a clear answer from him <laughs> like about whether or not I can continue living in my apartment I like assumed but you know sometimes you need someone to say yes yeah you're good we're not going to increase your rent by $500 a month which would be insane so that was another thing I was just like sitting here in Maryland freaking out and needed to go to New York and get the document talk to my landlord and just figure my shit out so I went back on Monday I drove up it was an all-day affair because from Maryland it's like four hours to the city it was like three and a half because there was like no one on the road besides scary trucks and like three hours back and I was only there for I let myself stay there for an hour in my apartment I parked in the street I didn't see another human being except for my doorman who I didn't even get in contact with that he has this little like in my apartment I'm not gonna give too many details because I don't want you guys to find it or anything but um there's like a little when you walk in there's like a glass like it's like the, the doorman's like in this like behind glass basically like in a little like like room it, it reminds me of like the glass box from you the show uh but it's like a little cubby next to the door so he has like a little sliding it's like a kind of like a bank teller um situation so anyway didn't really 
have contact with him, just said hi, I miss you, because I do love my doormen, they're the sweetest men ever. Um, Anyway, so went up to my apartment, walked in, and I was just amazed at how good it smelled considering when I had left my apartment to go to my friend's beach house you guys know I went for a bit before when I didn't really know how serious this was I was like oh I'll just you know be out of the city for two weeks it's like a little vacation yeah not so much but I essentially went into my apartment expecting it to smell horribly or horrible because of all the stuff in my fridge because I hadn't cleaned out my fridge. There was just like things going bad in there. My sink, I recalled having like two coffee mugs in there, which lo and behold were okay. I washed them. They were fine, like nothing moldy, surprisingly. Um, yeah, so it's been two months and my apartment was totally fine. Smelled like my candles I had lit like, you know, days before I left. And my the only thing was my plants were dead. Two of them were just beyond repair. I had to just throw them away. It was very sad. Same the pots so I can get some fresh ones when this is over but there was my third one which is my big one which is so symbolistic to me symbol is that a word it's like a symbol to me or just very it's I hold it near and dear to my heart because it was the plant that was on my desk when I was at my corporate job at L'Oreal and I'd gotten the plant I like the plant was my livelihood like I think I stayed at my corporate job long longer or longer than I could have because I I liked the plant I wanted the plant you know I I just the plant made me happy um so anyway brought the plant into my apartment of course and I just remember it was also symbol a symbol of me leaving because I remembered taking my plant in a box like every show and you know movie you've ever seen down the escalator of my job when I was leaving like my quitting day um and the plant came with me on the uh, the subway home and I was just it uh, the plant's been through a lot okay and the plant was dead it was very sad well he looked like he had some life in him still his little like um like the roots were still green and damp um, you know, so I thought that it was worth saving. So I brought him home with me. It's been a few days, still no sign of life. If you guys have any tips, please DM me. I am very upset about this plant. Um, it's one of those like low maintenance plants. Uh, so it doesn't need to be watered as much, but it definitely needs to be watered every two weeks. And I was gone for two months. So that is probably why it died. Anyway, so was back in New York for a hot second, got my documents, was just like sitting on my couch looking around and it felt so weird, guys. It was just like creepy. Uh, New York itself was creepy, just like my walk down the street. You know, I didn't see many parts of New York. When I was driving in, I saw a bit in like um, Tribeca in that sort of area. But for the most part, guys, it was just like a ghost town. There was like an occasional person walking. Everyone had masks on, of course, and myself included. And there was just homeless people, just way more homeless people than I'm used to seeing, just wandering. And it was just so sad, guys. I was like feeling some type of way driving home. Like I didn't even like listen to music for like the first hour of driving home because I was just like so deep in thought about it all. It's just not the same New York right now. And it's so sad. Like I I know we'll be back. I know like the energy of New York will be back, but right now it's just not there. People have been asking when I'm going to go back and I'm thinking tentatively June. I'm actually helping my friend Julia. You guys know Julia. Um, at some point in the summer, I think like probably the first week of July, which is 
probably when this hopefully will die down a little bit and you know not be so scary um we're actually i'm helping her move to los angeles my friend julia is moving to la it's very sad um because i do love having her in new york you guys know how close we are if you guys follow on instagram and know who she is um so i'm helping her move to la and what we're planning on doing so we can avoid air travel and just all that you know mess of what it is now we're going to rent an rv and drive cross country from you know upstate to la like stopping at a bunch of places making a week out of it you know and like camping in people's driveways and stuff like that um so yeah that's gonna be something cool i can talk about slash vlog at some point but uh where was i going with this (laughs) What was I talking about? Oh, when I'm going back to New York. Yeah, probably going back like mid-June um, just because I feel like I need a break from being home after, at that point, I will or at least. And I think I have some work to do in my apartment. It needs some serious organizing and just dusting the works. So I think being alone for a couple of weeks will be okay before I go to LA with Julia really quick and then come back and I don't know, go on with my life. Uh, so I'm going to do that at some point. You guys will be along for that journey because of course I will tell you because I podcast every week so you guys will know Um, but yeah for the meantime or in the meantime I am staying here in Maryland just getting work done doing my thing but I'm telling you this story just because or I guess just like a little recap because number one this is my virtual spoken diary but also because people have been constantly asking I'm sure you guys can relate to this like Katie how are you doing or like Katie like every time I start a phone call or any sort of meeting it's like oh so how are you and it's like everyone's like oh I'm doing all right no one's like I'm doing amazingly of course but everyone's like I'm good you know and (laughs) people are like oh you know don't worry like tomorrow's a new day it's gonna be fine tomorrow's a new day I have a problem with that because guys tomorrow does I can already tell you it's not here yet but it does not feel like a new day it feels like the same day as today and yesterday and the day before that and the day before that every day is blending into the one before it it's like feeling very much like there's not a lot to look forward to it's just like I was hoping when I went to New York on Monday that I would see a whole different world or maybe just what I was I was expecting to see the New York that I'm used to and as I was walking from my car to my apartment it was just so apparent that something was of course wrong like every every uh establishment was just blocked off like with this cardboard like taped up against the windows it was just so eerie and creepy and I think when we get in the vibe of feeling like this, like, oh, this is so bleak, tomorrow is not a new day, I think that this just weird, I can't even put a name or a a label or a title on what this feeling is, you guys definitely, I mean, I don't want to say definitely, but maybe can relate to this, I don't even know how to describe it, guys, but it's like this really uncomfortable feeling, like you are just trying to, like, you're, you're like, like creepy crawlers on your skin type of thing, like you want it, you just need to, like, scream or get out or go for a walk and just like try to rid yourself of these thoughts because this just I think it's fear fear can of course look a lot of different ways but I think for me it's fear and I have this really intense fear of the unknown of failing of just this 
productivity looking different has really been scaring the shit out of me. And so, yeah, today I want to talk about that. I want to talk about failure. I want to talk about perfectionism and my intense need for order and perfect perfection. Um, and I'm not getting it right now. And that is why I feel the creepy crawler effect. Like I just need to like, I don't know what guys, I can't even like articulate it if you guys can articulate this feeling better than I am doing right now because I'm doing a horrible job dm me because like holy fuck I just I don't even know but anyway um a concept that I did hear about recently and that I'm just obsessed with and I keep telling everyone that I know uh failure is just research unless you never try again let me say it one more time failure is just research unless you never try again So I'm going to unpack that today and talk a little bit about the psychology behind failure, why it bothers us so much when we fail, and just in terms of just, you know, defining failure, um, again, failure and fear can look like a million different ways, you know, can really disguise itself as other things and convince you that, oh, I'm not afraid, I'm just blank, or oh, I'm, you know, I don't think I'm going to fail, I'm just whatever. But truly, it does affect each of us in different ways at many points in our life. I think for me right now, in the given time we're going through, a failure creeps in almost every day, or the fear of failure, let's just say that. Fear of failure creeps in every single day because I just, I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like I'm not doing things good enough. I feel like whenever I get that semblance of like, oh, you know, I think things are getting back to normal. I think I'm doing a great job bam, like turn the corner and nope, I am just mad at myself. I am uh, disappointed with myself. I just wish that I could have done this thing better. I'll like find a typo in something that I posted or I don't know, just like little things. And it just completely rocks my entire day in the worst way. So I think guys, like I have some fatal flaws. Everyone does, you know, if I was a superhero, like what would be like the kryptonite situation for me? And I think for me, it's a mixture of patience and perfectionism. The two Ps I am really bad at handling and I'm working on it. But I think ultimately my, everyone keeps saying that once I have kids, it's going to like figure itself out or like I'll get over it and there'll be bigger fish to fry. But right now I have a very big problem with perfectionism and being really hard on myself when things aren't just right and I think that's my biggest flaw and overall just you know I'm hard on myself but I also you guys know as a freelancer I work with clients and I work with people that aren't me that are looking at content that I'm creating and that I love and are telling me oh that's not right or like can you fix this or like you know and people are super kind about it No one's ever, I mean, some people are kind of assholes about it, but most people are super kind with their feedback. And I've made a whole episode on this. You guys should definitely listen to it. Um, I forget what it's called, but just how I'm really bad at taking criticism (laughs) and I'm working on it. I'm actually, I'm a lot better than I used to be a couple of years ago when I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. And now I've learned that there's a lot that I don't know and it does kind of level set you and make you realize that you are not all that in a bag of chips. As I said, I love that saying. I've been saying that since I was a kid, but um, yeah, so rejection or just criticism in the form of rejection or just makes you feel rejection really stings. And the reason being for this, the psychological explanation or I guess just uh, evolutionary explanation is that humans are fundamentally hardwired to resist rejection 
and the feelings of failure that come along with it. Like a hand on a hot stove, this is how I picture it. We recall, you know, what it feels like to be brutally rejected or get really severe feedback or even just self-inflict this kind of failure mentality of feeling like we didn't do something right or we're not good enough, all those things. And we recognize that. We know how that sucked. And so we try to do everything in our power to prevent ourselves from feeling that thing again. And it's like, you know, when you're a kid and you're messing around and you hurt yourself, like I had this friend growing up that her little sister, she had been playing with an iron um, or around an ironing board and the iron fell like on her face, like hit her in the face. And she has this burn that has never gone away. And she's now understandably pretty afraid of irons and hot surfaces and you know you recall what it feels like to touch that hot stove to come in contact with something that doesn't feel so good and we want absolutely nothing to do with it and so instead we try to pursue the opposite of whatever burned us before so of course we rejection is something that really stings and hurts us and so we become really obsessed with the opposite which is success and popularity and things like that, the obvious opposite of failure. And it all has to do with dopamine, which you guys know I love talking about dopamine. Um, It's essentially the anticipation molecule. And if you guys don't know much about it, I'll tell you a little bit. Basically, a large amount of dopamine, which like I said, the anticipation molecule is released in the brain when we do pleasurable things. So like eating good food, having sex, all that stuff. And when the dopamine is released in our brains, we experience this strong sensation of pleasure. And of course, we really want to experience that again. So we do everything that we did before to get said thing because we want to repeat the experience and we want that dopamine. And here's where it gets interesting. So the anticipation of success, so like leading up to the actual success, can feel just as exciting to us in our brains and our dopamine and all that stuff as actually achieving that success. So when we're anticipating something, we think it's going to go how past experiences have gone, how past dopamine acquisitions have gone. Our brains kind of act one step ahead and behave as though the outcome has already occurred. So when we're anticipating this thing that we really want to feel, this success that we want to experience, our brains already think that we have it, which is why hearing no or hearing a rejection or even personally just you know rejecting yourself in a way is so alarming to us and really stirs the pot really causes a reaction and for some of us it's really overwhelming it's a shock it's the hot stove that we touched and we thought that we wouldn't be touching it that we would skim right over it that we would get what we want we would get to that food on the stove and not touch the hot stove you know that situation and it really shocks us and I've had this obsession with perfection and just getting this success reaching success trying to preserve myself keeping my hand away from the hot stove and waiting for the right time you know I I've been obsessed with this for a long time I think I've been really obsessed throughout my life with just having there be a right time for everything and waiting until the moment is right I mean I can be rash sometimes and can act impulsively and all that but I think for at least a lot of my early life before I really figured out a lot of things and kind of taught myself through my failures I was super calculated I was very strategic I did so much thinking I was just one of those people that would sit there and listen rather than speak just so I can really just figure out everyone in the room like I was very good at kind of listening to someone talk and kind of figure out 
what they're insecure about. I mean, that's something I still think I'm kind of good at, uh, which is just hearing someone talk about something or explain themselves or complain and figure out exactly what they're insecure about based on what they're talking about, which is usually the opposite of how they present themselves, which is very interesting. Maybe I'll do a whole episode on that, but. So guys, taking a quick break in this episode to talk about something that is really important to me, and that is being comfortable, especially while I sleep. And just in all elements of my life, but there's a company out there that really gets it, and that is Brooklinen. I have their sheets and duvet cover on my bed here in Maryland at my parents' house and on my bed in New York City. I love them that much. They just get it when it comes to comfort. I don't know what it is, it's just magic, like truly what dreams are made of. I don't know about you guys, but I can count on one hand how many times I've left my house in the past like four weeks. So we're spending a lot more time at home right now. And so that means having comfortable things in your home is a must because comfort, it really is the ultimate form of self-care. It makes you feel at ease. It makes you work better. So it's important to invest in comfortable things. I found out recently that you spend one third of your life in bed. And so it's important to have comfortable sheets when you are in said bed. And with Brooklyn and you get a amazing quality and you don't break the bank. It's kind of amazing. And something I really want to point out is this weekend, Brooklinen is kicking off a summer event where you can get everything from bedding to towels to loungewear and more at savings you would not believe, which is always great, I think. It's a perfect place to find all the comforts for home. If you like soft things, if you like comfort, essential things to help you relax, Brooklinen has it all. And Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, towels, etc., come with a lifetime warranty. And like I said, their Memorial Day sale kicks off this weekend and you do not want to miss it. And if you can't wait, you can get 10% off of your first order and free shipping on all the new sheets right now when you use my code THICKTHIN only at brooklinen.com. That's brooklinen, so B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and use my code THICKTHIN at checkout and you can get 10% off of your first order and free shipping. And if we're spending one third of our lives in bed, it's important we do so comfortably. So check out Brooklinen. I love them. Use my code THICKTHIN and thank you to Brooklinen for sponsoring this episode. I love you guys. Anyway, I did a lot of thinking, a lot of listening, a lot of waiting. I kept a lot to myself. I wasn't super um, vocal about my feelings. Now I really am. As you guys know, I talk about them every single week right here on the podcast. But for a while, I wasn't like that. And I was very calculated. I even really just, I waited till, quote, the right time for my first kiss. I was quote, a late bloomer, as I say, um, because I didn't have my first kiss till junior year of high school, which is not late at all for many people, but for all of my friends, I was the last. I was super late, so I always thought that I was, there was something wrong with me, whatever, and it was because I was really waiting for the right moment, and although it was a, you know, cute story, it happened at church camp, I've talked about this before, um, I feel like it was like, okay, great. Like, that's nice. Uh, Probably never going to see this guy again. So what was the point? I could have just kissed someone sophomore year. I don't know why, you know, all those feelings. But I thought that being disciplined and, you know, following the rules, I was super Christian. I thought that I would get rewarded. I would somehow be way better off than people that acted a bit more impulsively and more in the moment and not so like, you know, let me uh, get back to you on that and not take risks and all that. I was just, I was the opposite of a risk taker. Let's just say that. I don't know how I stumbled onto YouTube because I guess that in itself was a risk, but that was probably the only risk I'd ever taken until late or mid-college. Um, and, you know, speaking of college, when I was there, I thought that 
I had to be this super kind, straight edge person that always looked good, that always wore eyeliner to class, like that sort of thing. And I thought that by being this perfect person and following the rules and helping people on the internet and all that, that I would be rewarded somehow. And here's the thing. It's like, guys, you can do all this stuff and like be super calculated, really, you know, prepare yourself and set yourself up for the absolute best and you could still hit that hot stove you know it it doesn't it doesn't matter how prepared you are sometimes I mean certainly it helps I guess but it doesn't really matter people will perceive you as however they want to and even people that are super deserving will not achieve the success that some people that maybe are less deserving I guess if that makes sense um You know, there's people that work really hard to be a photographer and have like, I don't know, 20 followers on Instagram. And then this one person just knows the right person, shoots something for Kylie Jenner and blows up, you know, that sort of, I mean, that's like an example that probably doesn't even uh, make sense, but you know, and so basically I got some things out of this. I mean, like I said, I was in, in college, I was trying to be kind. I was trying to help people. I was trying to, you know, be perfect and look perfect. And I was mocked for it for you know, the first year. I was, people made fun of me for wearing dresses around everywhere. And, you know, people made fun of me for the YouTube videos. People made fun of me for a lot of things. They, behind my back, said that I was too nice and that I was a pushover and that it, just a number of things. And I thank goodness kind of came to my senses and realized the hard way, or I guess not the hard way, it wasn't extremely, I mean, of course it sucked being made fun of, but it could have been a lot worse. Um, but I learned that just because you do all these things, it doesn't mean you're going to be successful. And it, I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to be a failure, but it also, you shouldn't do things just because you think like, oh, if I do everything right, if I do all of these things, I will be successful. That's not always how it goes. And a lot of times it's not how it goes. A lot of things fail before they succeed, including you. And so I learned a couple of things from just this whole mentality and kind of growing up in a sense. You can't plan everything, okay? You can't plan how people react. Like I said in the previous episode, it's like the one thing that you really can't control is other people's. I mean, you can kind of dictate a little bit. You can try to guide people and try to train people um, to see the way you see things the way you see things. But to a certain extent, you know, every man for themselves, they kind of, everyone has the power to guide their own thoughts. And so, you can't always predict this. You can't always predict how you will be interpreted by other people. So taking a quick break in this episode to talk about a sponsor that I think could really help a lot of you guys out there. If you're listening to episodes like these or really any of my episodes, you probably are looking for some advice for someone to help you out with what you're going through. And although I love being here for you guys, there is a service out there that provides professional counseling done securely online. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling and it's called BetterHelp. Essentially what BetterHelp does is they assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's available worldwide. All you have to do is just log into your account online anytime and send a message to your counselor. So if you're going through something, especially now, a lot of us are feeling these very intense feelings and fears that we never experienced before. So if you are struggling, try out BetterHelp. It's committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. It's actually more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. They want you to start living a happier life today. So visit their website, read the testimonials. I personally have benefited so much from just talking to someone else that isn't a friend, that isn't someone that knows me. It's very therapeutic. So to get started and get 10% off of your first month, just go to BetterHelp, that's better, 
H-E-L-P dot com slash thick thin. That's thick thin. And you can get 10% off of your first month of BetterHelp. Join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. BetterHelp.com slash thick thin. Truly all you can do is do what feels right to you. I mean, people will do with that what they want and people will completely blow things out of proportion. You know, I'm always kind of nervous these days, especially posting anything on social media because I just know someone's going to take it out of context. Someone is going to have a problem with it. And I think that is kind of something everyone deals with. Even the most flawless, perfect human beings that we all love have to deal with criticism and have to deal with issues. I mean, you know, Timothy Chalamet, who everyone loves, um, you know, did that movie with Woody Allen and was brutally, you know, ridiculed for doing that because of everything, the the Woody Allen sexual abuse allegations and everything, which is very serious. And, you know, he he's someone that's beloved by everyone and kind of messed up and didn't know that people were going to, I guess the news hadn't been out yet about him when they started the movie, or maybe it was, there was murmurs and all that, but... So Sometimes you just mess up, okay? You make a mistake. Even perfect people, people we really love, make mistakes and do things that aren't so great all the time. I know he actually ended up donating his entire salary to charity um, from the movie because he was upset with the whole outcome of working with Woody Allen, given everything. Um, But yeah, I mean, you always kind of go into everything thinking, you know, maybe this will flop. Who knows? But maybe it will be great. Maybe it'll really inspire people. I don't know. You just have to do things from where it, it, you know, from the heart, from where it feels good for you to do it. And some people will love you for you and who you are and what you stand for. But most people will just love you for what you can do for them. And some people won't like you at all. And it doesn't matter what you do. (laughs) People will hate you. And that's fine because everyone is entitled to their own opinion. I suppose that is how we operate here, at least in the United States. And yeah. So the second thing that I learned, um, major thing that I learned from just my life of perfectionism and trying to break out of it is that those things that feel right just in your bones, that feel so right, even if they are traditionally wrong or strange or something no one's really done, uh, even if they're traditionally just against the rules or completely unplanned and out of the blue, those I found are the most important things the meaning will come along after. You know, you don't always know why you're doing something or the implications of that thing. All you know is that it feels right. And sometimes you got to trust that feeling, even if it's unplanned, even if it's not going to be perfect, even if it's going to be a paint splatter on the page and not something that's uniform or organized and something that scares the shit out of you. And I read this chapter or I was, uh, there's a little post that someone posted on Instagram um, from this book. And I have absolutely no idea what book this is. I wish I knew. Um, but this blogger posted a screenshot on her story. And I was like, okay, this is a really great... She like underlined a section that was super relevant. And it says, there's a biblical saying that translates roughly as, first you will do and then you will understand. Sometimes you have to take a leap of faith and experience something before its meaning becomes apparent. It's one thing to talk about leaving behind a restrictive mindset, but it's another thing to stop being so restrictive. I like that quote. The main part that I really loved about it was, first you will do, then you will understand. Sometimes you have to take a leap of faith and experience something before its meaning becomes apparent. 
So that's super relevant because I think sometimes, you know, my perfectionist mentality does not align with this at all because you sometimes just need to do something even if it's not the right time or doesn't feel perfect or fully developed in your mind. Like making the podcast, for example, like I started this podcast almost two years ago. I was so unprepared. All I had was a microphone. I barely had cover artwork. I didn't even know what the heck I was going to talk about. I didn't have any guests lined up. I had nothing but myself and my journal and I I did it and I'm really happy that I did and a lot of people I think have benefited from this podcast over the last two years and I feel like that I couldn't be sitting here saying that or maybe I don't know if this has been super impactful to you guys but I mean you you sometimes have to do something before you feel ready and you'll figure it out as you go like you'll tweak it you'll change the cover artwork two years later and really you know narrow it down to what it is but you don't always know those things or know what it's going to become when you start something and it's okay and that fear of being imperfect that fear of failing is it's it stings it's it's ever apparent it's always kind of hanging in the air but it's something that we should not be afraid of anymore okay or if we are we have to train ourselves to know when we're acting out of fear and just kind of you know talk ourselves down a bit I saw this other quote that I wanted to read from Caitlin Katie I don't know who that is I'm sure someone's gonna be like what you don't know who that is I don't know who it is but it's a great quote Um, it says I'm not afraid of being imperfect anymore I'm not afraid of not being good enough I'm more afraid of dying with all this goodness stuck inside of me unused and unshared when it's my time to go I want to know in my bones that I didn't let fear get in the way of sharing my gifts I don't want to live a small perfect life I want to live a big brave imperfect one Oh, I just loved that quote so much. I needed to share it. And it's true. You know, here's or cheers. If you have a glass in your hand, I have a glass of tea right here or a cup of tea, I guess. Um, Cheers to big, brave, imperfect lives. Honestly, I hope we all live them because I think that's the most freeing way to live. And the truth is, you know, about all you can do in life is be who you are, do what you do, do what you like. Some people will love you. Some people will just love you because you can do something for them. And most people you know, we'll see what you're doing and be like, ah, that's so weird. But as I said in the last episode, a lot of those people are just, you guessed it, jealous. Okay. And I have a whole episode on that. So definitely listen to that episode um, if you haven't already. So my friends and I were talking the other day about those people that we've dated, that we've spent time with, that we've kind of, you know, seen going in the rear view and think, ah, darn it, that was a waste of my time. You know, those sort of failures, because I've talked a bit about professional failures and just personal failures. But what about those relationship failures and the times where we're kind of angry at ourselves for not seeing it coming sooner and not uh, just completely bypassing the person and spending our precious time on these people? You know, the ones that we've stayed up till 4 a.m. texting. Like, now looking back, we probably should have just went to bed and didn't stay up until 4 a.m. Like, talking to these people that we no longer even speak to. Like, I am guilty of this. I even have, like, strangers that I will find on dating apps and talk to and be like, wait a second, maybe that was a waste of all of my witty puns and (laughs) just my time because I'm already really bad at texting. Um, But yeah, I have a few little stories I want to read from you guys that you guys have submitted about this but I also just wanted to say you know I I find myself guys sometimes just like in the middle of doing something like literally anything folding laundry just I don't know doing anything thinking about past experiences with old lovers that I just it's almost like when you say something really stupid or do something really dumb and it just haunts you for the rest of your life like you you'll randomly think about it sometimes and be like oh my god that embarrassing thing I did like three and a half years ago on a Tuesday at 2 p.m like you remember these things 
And there's little things that I remember from my past relationships slash just like flirtationships and all those things like just that totally haunt me like the color of this person's sheets like the thing they had on their wall or the way that they like their bagels like the moment I or you know the moment I realized it wasn't right like all these like little haunting things just like hit me randomly and I just squeezed my eyes shut I let the stinging sensation of the hot stove you know roll over me I I don't want to feel it again I curl away from it I, I just don't want to feel that thing again um but here's the thing guys like like I said in the beginning failure in any way shape or form failure is just research unless you never try again because think about it all the times that you failed or that you cringe at the things you used to do or just anything it, it all built you it kind of built on top of each, each other it like you know it kind of piled up like you know I don't know, things that pile up <laughs> on other things. And it, it taught you, it shaped you, it built you. And you just got to try again because otherwise, like, what's all that research for? Like, it's a useless dead end unless you never try again. If you find the courage to try these things again, anything again, all the shit that came before is just research, okay? The color of his sheets, research. I don't know how it's research, okay? Um, you learned a thing or two or two billion from those things. And failure is just, I think this is super important. It's really just not nearly as final as we give it credit for. It's not a period at the end of the sentence. It's a comma. It, and then a but, you know, it's not that, not that kind of but, but it's like she didn't succeed with X, but, you know, comma, but, dot, 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 whatever you know it's it's not a period it's not oh she did not succeed period it's she did not succeed comma but blah 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 or she did not succeed the first time but blah 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 stop treating failure like it deserves a period at the end it does not deserve the power that you give it and I feel like we've all kind of exhausted stories about JK Rowling, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, like, you know, all the classic success from failure stories. So I'm not going to talk about them again, but I do want to give something a moment to shine that I'm sure many of us have never heard about. Okay. And that thing, this like shining success story that no one talks about is bubble wrap. Okay. And I just feel a need to share this because like, it was just an aha moment for me to read this. I'm going to read this to you guys. Okay. Engineers Mark Chavans, Chavans and Al Fielding created bubble wrap in 1960 as an attempt to create this new trendy textured wallpaper, like for the wall. It was a total failure. People didn't get it. People didn't like it. And later they attempted to market it as housing insulation. Still didn't work. Clearly bubble wrap would not work long term as housing insula insulation. So when the wrap was eventually used by IBM, to, which is a computer company you guys might know, to package a newly launched computer during transport, it suddenly became an overnight success. And today, few people even realize that bubble wrap began as a total failure twice, not once, but twice. And then third time around was picked up by someone who was like, hmm, let's use this to package things so they don't break. And now kids, adults everywhere play with it, you know, are just bothered by it, whatever they are. Bubble wrap was a failure before it was a success. It was not a, you know, here's what we tried, period, didn't work. It was a comma, twice. And here we are with bubble wrap today. And I have a whole new respect for bubble wrap now. Knowing that it was a failure twice, not once, but twice before it was a success. So yeah, guys, those are my kind of opinions and just mantras on failure. It's not as final as we give it credit for. And also, 
you know, it is research at the end of the day, unless you never try again. So I wanted to, before I let you all go, read a couple of stories, uh, maybe more than a couple, there's so many good ones, that you guys DM'd me about failure and just how you overcame a failure. Um, not to say every failure is going to be overcome like that. I mean, of course, sometimes it takes years. It takes like, you know, 10 years sometimes. Um, but I wanted to read some of these stories because they're very inspiring. So and I'm going to leave them anonymous. The first one says, I've struggled with ADHD since I was in first grade. In high school, I applied to like 10 colleges and didn't get accepted to any of them. So when all my friends went off to school, I had to commute. Looking back, I wish I had seen the blessing in that earlier because for a long time, I resented the school I was going to and mad at myself for putting myself there and was so focused on getting out and transferring ASAP so my life would look like my friends did. This was like 2012, 2013, so the start of the Instagram days. Eventually, I took my life into my own hands, forgave myself, loved myself. I took six months off school and then restarted as a business major at a community college closer to my house. I started waitressing, saving money, focusing on the small steps to getting what I wanted. Now at 25, I live in the city with friends. I have a flexible job that pays my bills. And a year from now, I will have a diploma from Boston College. Is every day perfect? Absolutely not. I still make the same mistakes all the time, but you've got to just keep going to see what you're capable of. You have to be able to ask for help and support yourself and know that you can do it. Learning how to make your weaknesses into your biggest strengths. That was huge for me. I love that story, especially the part where she said she took off some time from school because I feel like there's such a stigma surrounding that, like just taking off time and taking a gap semester. But I know so many people personally that that has helped so much and like really just was a defining thing in their journey. So I just, I love that story. Okay, reading another one, a different spin. So this girl says, on a holiday in Europe, I fell in love with this Spanish guy. I'm South American, but I've always dreamed about moving to Europe. We were talking and seeing each other on and off for two years. I tried to date other people back at home, but I couldn't stop thinking about him. I finally gathered the courage and moved to Europe. Things between us didn't work out and he broke my heart, but now three years have gone by and I'm so grateful to have met him. Even though we failed as a couple, I wouldn't have fulfilled my dream of moving to Europe if I hadn't met him. He was the push I needed. I truly believe everything happens for a reason. I still live in Europe and it's been the best decision of my life. That one warms my heart as well because I think a lot of us just sometimes need a little push, okay? We just need a push. We need someone to tell us that our dreams are valid, that we're not crazy, and even if it doesn't work out with that person romantically, we still gained something from the experience. So I love that. This one is a bit humorous. I don't want to say it's funny, but uh, okay, I'll read it and I'll let you guys decide. Nothing serious, more just a failed attempt at shooting my shot, LMAO. So I was obsessed with this guy I hooked up with, spent forever on the search for an appropriate meme I could send him as a funny pop-up. I really thought this was the best plan and we'd end up dating. After weeks of anticipation and hunting for the perfect meme and comment to go with it, he straight up ghosted me. Ah, we live and we learn. I relate to that though because sometimes after a hookup it's like okay how do I be casual about this like how how do I casually like start something with you and make it more than just a hookup and like some people do resort to the memes and I've done that but I get it it's like you find the perfect meme for that person and then it just it went to waste I get it I get that kind of failure okay reading another story about failure I failed Statistics 101 three different times, and I was an econ major. For two summers, I retook the class online, tried for a better grade, but every time I took it, it just got worse. I literally had two Cs and a D on my transcript. I was so stressed about it, and then was going to retake it again when my advisor pulled me aside. He told me, you're not going to pass this class no matter how many times you take it. Take a class you actually want to take and enjoy your last year of college. 
I ended up taking courses in comic book writing instead. They broadened my worldview and helped me get back in touch with writing, which I'm naturally good at. But put aside to put a more but I put aside to do a more financially stable career. It actually taught me that freaking out is much it took me it taught me that freaking out is much less useful than commu- it taught me that freaking out is much less useful than committing to your failure and framing it as an excuse to try something new. Looking back, these classes really fed my soul, and those terrible grades saved me from grad school, which I now know I would have hated. I love that story so much. Oh my god, a comic book writing class sounds like it would really be... I don't know if I'd be good at that, but it sounds really interesting, and I agree. Sometimes it's like you can do something over and over again, but if they, if your heart's not in it, if you just really are, you dread it, you hate it, it's like you probably will not succeed in it, or if you do, ultimately the path you're going down might not be something you're really interested in, so I love this story as well. Okay, here's one that a lot of us can definitely relate to if you've ever been late for anything or missed a deadline or something, so... I definitely felt like I failed when I slept through an interview. I woke up and cried to my roommate about it. Then I realized it was a job I definitely would not have liked to do. I don't believe that things happen for a reason. I just think things happen and we learn to cope with them. And this one was a moment where I felt lucky for failing in something I know I wouldn't have been happy doing anyway. I like this story. I feel like sometimes, I mean... (laughs) It happens, guys. Like, you sleep through things. You miss things. Like, I, it sucks in the real world when you're, like, late to work because you slept in because then it's like, oh, I'm not just late to school. I'm late to my job where adults are, you know? Um, I don't think it's ever... That's never happened to me, per se, but um, I did have one time my accountant slept through our... 8am meeting that I was actually really upset was at 8am anyway since I'm not a morning person and I was sitting there like waiting for our our interview or it wasn't an interview it was like a zoom call even before all this and she came late and she's like I'm so sorry I slept in and like she's the smartest person that I've ever spoken to and I was like oh my god even intelligent people can sleep in you know and it just kind of like was I don't know I, I of course forgave her and I was like you know not at all upset about it but I was just like wow okay even this really intelligent very has her shit together girl who's my accountant sleeps in sometimes oversleeps past a meeting so it happens guys it really does happen um okay another one I want to read I hadn't really framed this experience in the context of failure before but in hindsight failure was what I felt leaving it vague although I'm sure it's relatable for others, I feel like my inability to exit a romantic relationship that did nothing positive for me for such a long time made me feel like a failure. Regardless of why he sucked, (laughs) I feel like I sucked more because I wasn't able to get myself out of a shitty situation where all I needed to do was say some version of, quote, boy bye. My sense of failure, failing myself, and my own happiness ultimately was resolved by my forgiveness of both myself and of him. Forgiving him allowed me to let go of anger towards another human who I know did not mean to hurt me, but my forgiveness of myself allowed me to recognize that I'm only in my 20s, I know now what I deserve, and what I will not tolerate because of my experience. I reframed my outlook to recognize that I am one step closer to finding healthy love. I love this. I just feel like, guys, we have to start accepting apologies that we've never gotten from people that did not mean to hurt us but did and that includes ourselves because sometimes we do things we do destructive things that we need to forgive ourselves for and so this is such a healthy way to deal with failure i think 
Okay, so those are all the stories I'm going to read. I'm really hungry. I need to eat lunch. So I got to go. <laughs> GTG. Hope you guys like this episode. I thought it was such a good one to film. Very relevant for right now. I will talk to you all in next week's episode. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.